welcome back to the Writers Advice podcast, everyone. Hope you're having the most magnificent day, night, wherever you are listening to this. I have another fabulous interview for you that I cannot wait for you to listen to. There is so much wisdom in this and I know that you are going to absolutely love it. So I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I want to dive straight into it. But first, I want to thank Booksprout for sponsoring this podcast. Booksprout is your go-to review service if you are a writer and an author and you want to get those really important advanced reviews for your new fabulous work that you are bringing into the world that I highly recommend um, sussing out Booksprout to really help find your readers and your initial community right there. If you are a reader, you can also join and read thousands and thousands of books that are up there before they've even been released. Um, download them straight to your Kindle and simply leave a review once you are done. So thank you, Booksprout. Now, if you absolutely love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could click follow with whatever app that you're listening in, subscribe so that you get episodes to um, whatever app, whatever favorite listening app that you love to listen to um, straight to your, delivered straight to your app each week. Um, And it also really helps the podcast as well. Or if you could leave a five-star review, tell us what you loved about it. You can also send me a direct message now if you're using the Spotify platform, which is great because I love your feedback. I love your questions. Um, Or share it on your stories. Make sure that you tag me at Olivia Hillier Author. Send me a DM. Tell me everything that you took away from this episode. And most importantly, enjoy it. Enjoy your day and anything that you are creating right now. All right. I'm going to get straight into this episode. Thanks, guys. Love you. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today I'm joined by Wendy Walker. Thank you so much for being here. Now, if you have not heard of Wendy before, where have you been? Because Wendy is the author of many amazing psychological suspense thrillers, as as well as your new one, which I'm really, uh, what remains, which I'm excited to dive into with you. But firstly, thanks so much for being here, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Now, I've read up a little bit of your story and I'm I'm very excited for you to go more in depth and tell tell listeners more about this. But I want to know when was the moment where you're like, okay, you know, maybe I want to try this book writing thing out and and yeah, how how did that moment come to you essentially? You know, it's um I wish I had like a, a you know, a more fabulous story, but I actually was um home with my first son. I have three sons who are now adults. And um, when my my oldest one was born, I stepped away from corporate litigation, which is what I had been doing. And I sort of planned to go back, but I wanted to stay home for a few years. And, you know, I didn't really do the math because I knew I wanted to have two, maybe three children. And if I stayed home with all of them and spaced them out, that could be like 10 years not working. And so I was trying to think of what I could do from home that would 
not just be um, a hobby, but that could possibly lead to a career that would be more family friendly, which I know is such a such a strange term to be using, but um, in, now that everybody can work from home and structure their lives differently, but back then there really was no opportunity to do that in the law. Um, you had to go to the office. So really, the internet wasn't that great. I mean, it was, you know, I, I feel like it's, you know, the dark ages or something, but, um, and I'm dating myself terribly, but yeah, so I, th I was, I was like, what can I do? What can I do? And it was sort of a decision of, you know, I could try to write a legal thriller at the time. That's what I thought I would write. I could try to write a legal thriller like John Grisham, or I don't know, make jewelry, you know, those are, those seem to be the only two options and I'm terrible at crafts. Um, so I decided to try to write. And what I realized is that um, if I if I were to look back, I think I can see all of these moments where I I actually always loved storytelling. And oh my gosh, I just opened a memory box in the basement because I was cleaning it out. And I found all of these journals and things that I kept when I was younger. And they're all, um, they're not necessarily fiction, but they're, they're, they're expositions of things that happen in my life that are told in a creative way, like almost memoir type little yeah. journal. And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember doing that because I got so sidetracked with these other professions. So I think it must've be, been in me that I, you know, was sitting on the floor with my one-year-old thinking about what to do and decided to write. Um, yeah. But, you know, along the way, though, it, what that wasn't the end of it. It took me many years to have a sustaining career as a writer. And so I had to keep choosing it again and again and again. Even today, I'm still choosing, you know, to do it, even though it's so precarious. Absolutely. And I, I just, I, lo I love so many parts of that story because hey, he said, oh, you know, like it just came out of me. Maybe I should write, but it's like, there was obviously like some, you know, subconscious things that you have had there, the whole time but I love how also your previous career has really actually also played a, a role in a way in, in some of the stories that you tell which I think is also really important because it's like oh it all it all kind of marries up as well yeah definitely and um and if I look at the evolution even of my writing journey uh you know it wasn't until I went back to practicing law and was practicing family law that I learned all of this psychology. And that's really, you know, the launch pad for all of my books are the things that I learned. Um, and then I do additional research, of course, but I wouldn't have even known what was out there to explore had I not uh, worked in that field years after I first decided to start writing. So yeah, it's really it's really interesting when you look at how your life intersects with this decision to, you know, to to be a writer and how it changes what you write and the trajectory of your career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like how you said psychology is so important. I feel like if you're writing incredibly strong characters, like that is everything. And you may have been like subconsciously taking in, not even realizing when you're, you know, in a completely different workspace and now you can express that in like a beautiful yeah. creative way which I think is really really great but you said something awesome before you like I still choose writing you know it I feel like when people particularly on this podcast can you know you have to tell your story in like a really short amount of time it seems almost dreamlike but you know the journey of a writer is not like that <laughs> you said you still have to keep choosing it so when that yeah. moment was like okay I'm going to do this like, did you write a lot of books that you'll never see the light of day again? How did it kind of start? What was the process for you? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I wrote, did write the legal thriller and it was, it was a, actually a really great story. It's very dated now. That one will never see the light of day, but that one, I didn't know how to write a novel. And I, I really got schooled because I, I wrote, wrote it and I was reading it back and I was, you know, couldn't figure out why it wasn't reading like a novel. It just was, I, I just couldn't figure it, figure it out. And so I actually, uh, you know, got, got a writing professor to read it for me. And cause back then you couldn't go again, you couldn't go online and find a paid mm -hmm. editor or anything like that. There were no writing groups. Um, everything was structured through, you know, colleges and things. So a uh, writing professor read it for me and, and told me all the things I was doing wrong. And they were, they're so obvious now, but at the time I never could have guessed it. I couldn't have figured it out. And so yeah, so that um, that book will never see the light of day. I've written another. Then I wrote, I was writing just general fiction about women's lives. Uh, two of those got published. Um, and then one, a third, again, is in my drawer. And, um, and then I switched to writing psychological thrillers. And that was the choice. I really, that was All Is Not Forgotten, which was my breakout book, was going to be my last book. If it didn't make it, I was, I was going to really you know, I, I don't know that I would have stopped writing, but I would have stopped trying to like get a novel out, you give it to my agent, see if it'll sell. I mean, I just, I couldn't keep practicing law, raising my kids, you know, doing all these things um, that I, that I had to do. Yeah. Um, and, and trying with that much effort to, to, you know, to foster a writing career. So that was a choice to write that book. And then when that one sold and it, it sort of established me, I really just dove in and, and haven't looked back. I love so. that. I love that so much. And I love, I love hearing when so many people try different genres as well. Like when mm. you, when you first went into psychological thriller, was it a different way to write for you? Did it find like, will you find, I don't want to say easier because I don't know if any book is like easier than the next, but like it, it comes more naturally to you in a way, or you heard the voices clear. Was it kind of like, did yeah. you have an inkling like, okay, this is where I'm meant to sit. Like this is my oh, voice. 100%. Yeah. I mean, First of all, uh, I think the sweet spot for me is writing in first person. Mm -hmm. I do not like writing about the surroundings or, you know, I don't like to set a scene. I just like to dive into someone's thoughts in the middle of a scene and just drag the reader in there. Like, come on, we're going to the middle of the story. You'll catch <laughs> up later. Or, or, I don't know, envision the room yourself. It doesn't matter. What matters is what this person is thinking and feeling or what what's happening to them or you know, what's going on with another person in the room. Um, and so that freedom to just be able to do that, I didn't, again, this was, you know, not being a trained writer. Um, I, when I started studying these psychological thrillers, like what is it about them that is everybody's loving so much and can I write them? And in addition to the psychology, which I love, the style that they're written and and the freedom you have to just to do that, to just drag that reader right to the, right to the guts of it and take them on a dark journey is just so much fun for me. And so, yeah, I will, I mean, you know, never say never, but I do not, I mean, a lot of my peers are, you know, they want to write a romantic comedy or they want to write more sort of upmarket fiction or uplit and all these things. And I have no interest in any of that. I just want to write dark stories that live inside people's twisted minds. So I love that so much. <laughs> and I also love that too. And just like owning that, and particularly when it comes to dark stories, because really, honestly, we all love to read them. Like, like crime and psychological thrillers are right up there on all like bestsellers across 
all cunt like so many countries like we all love that aspect as yeah. well so I I absolutely love that so much but um so you've got the all you got your first uh psychological thriller sold signed and now to your latest one what remains what was mm-hmm. that process like <laughs> I mean I'm sure there was a lot in oh between that yeah. <laughs> so yeah there's um Oh my gosh, it's been such a journey. There was, uh, let's see, there's one, yeah, there w- one novel that I wrote that uh, we ended up pivoting after I wrote it to a lighter, a sort of a lighter book. Um, and that book sat in my drawer, but then I resuscitated the plot because I loved, I loved the setup and the ending so much. And that's, um, I also write for Audible. I write uh, originals and now I'm doing fully scripted pieces for them. So that book, um, you know, so, so many things. So, you know, I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, now five, you know, traditionally published psychological thrillers, What Remains is the Fifth. And then I have uh, an, uh, two audibles. One is coming to print now in October. That's American Girl. That's a little bit different as well. So I have like, I would say uh, I've stuck to the genre. Um, but as I got more established, I, I started to give myself more freedom mm. and, you know, American girl, which is coming out in October is about a 17 year old autistic girl who, uh, witnesses a crime in, in a small town in Pennsylvania. That book was just inspired by the Tom Petty song. I was at a bar dancing to a cover band and the song came on and I, you know, may have been a little overserved, but decided <laughs> I need to write about this girl who's in this Tom Petty song, who I once was many years ago. And I came up with a whole plot so I could write this character and that feeling of, you know, everything is ahead of you and that that just angst to get out in the world and find out who you are and what you can be. And, and then to have it, you know, sort of have something in your way, you know, this crime that happens and, and the, what you'll do to sort of find your way out. Anyway, so I've really, I've given myself more permission lately to write things that are, that move me and not be so concerned with exactly what genre I'm fitting into, but I'm always in, I'm always on the same free, I look at it like I'm on the same freeway, I just sometimes go into like a different lane, you know, but I'm on, I'm on the freeway, the psychological thriller freeway, Um, but yeah, I kind of give myself permission to go in different lanes now. I th- I love how you explained that so much because it's also like, okay, cool. You've like established a brand for yourself, but at the same time, you want to be able to explore different creativity and different like ideas that come, even how you explained how that idea comes to you. I'm like, oh, I love that. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like that goosebump feeling of like, oh my God, this is my next idea. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just finding those little ways of like, okay, cool. But then how do I fit it into my overall brand? Which I, which I absolutely love. Now I want to go back to the, um, American Girl audio audible original because right like when you're writing just an audible there's so many different things that you need to think about like you're not you're not being like oh he said she said because it's like being spoken right how firstly did audible approach you when they're like hey we want you to do something and then how was it like trans I mean essentially you're writing a script I guess yeah, well, so that one only has about six scripted chapters. That was my first dipping my toe into script, fully scripted. The rest of the novel is sort of a traditional novel. And um, no, I approached them because I had this idea and my, um, and my, uh, my agent at the time didn't think it was uh, in my brand enough. And so uh, that was sort of a compromise that we made. Well, okay, well, what if it's 
in with Audible, and I had done a novella for them, so I I already had sort of a, an established uh, path there. But the new one I'm doing, which is called Mad Love, that's fully scripted, and that was again I had to learn the craft. I uh, it's very different from writing a novel and different from writing a script. It's sort of in between because you don't have any action. So a script, you know, it's dialogue and action really, and then um, but in a in the in a in a radio play or an audio play, which is what you know I'm, I'm writing for them now, it's all dialogue and sound effects. But the sound effects, you know, they they can they can enhance the um, the dialogue. But you know, a door closing, you don't see who's coming through the door. You don't you don't know what it's a door to a house, a car. You know, so many things you have to put in the dialogue to set up the scene, and it's really a puzzle to think about how to tell a story with only those tools. And it was really fun, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and very, and it, you definitely think about it differently. You can't get too obvious. The thing I love the most, which is to be in someone's head and have all the internal thoughts, you know, you have to find ways to sort of convey that to the listener. Um, so yeah, I love, I, it's been, it's challenging. I feel like I have a lot of, um, uh, really wonderful opportunities to, um, to keep learning and growing. Yeah. And what an amazing way to like, like, like you said, like expand your writing of like so many different things. It's like, oh, cool. Now you can, I feel like you could be asked to write a movie. Like that's kind yeah. of like how exactly where, you know, it, it moves into those different forms, which is really great. I absolutely love that so much. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's great. I it's I have to say I've, I've sort of grown into this career and um and it's and just really find it now so fulfilling and 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 I think you know when I think about my brand now too and all these different projects there is um there's something you know they talk about you know, people talk about having finding your voice and um and I I think for me it's uh it's not so much the writing style because I'm, you know, obviously writing something scripted and something that you know it, it varies. But I, I think the common thread in all of my work is, uh, is really trying to stay grounded in human emotion and always trying to find that emotional like gut punch that's gonna not to be not to torture my readers, but to the way I think of it, like I think we all have these you know, these things that have happened to us that we thought or felt that we keep in boxes, right? We can't look at them every day because we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to just get up and go about life, you know, everyday life. If we, if we were constantly looking into these boxes of darker thoughts and feelings and, and troubling things, but they're still there. We know they're there. And it's sometimes, I think, cathartic to have a, piece of fiction whether it's a book or a song or even or you know television a movie allow you to get go up to the boxes and just open the lid a little bit of your own boxes because somebody is showing you their uh, you know a fictional box that contains the same stuff and that to me is I think what's satisfying is like it just encourages you to go peek in the box and say all right all right yep still there good but now I don't have to, you know, nothing to be done. It's there, you know, the, these, these traumatic things and, in, and, in, 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 you know, just in being a human, you know, person in this world, it's there. Um, and I don't know, there's something cathartic to just every once in a while peek inside. Yes. 
Oh my God. You, I was like literally getting this huge, like visual while you're telling me that story. <laughs> because I'm like, wow, I haven't heard it explained like that before. And it's so beautiful. And it, it, I just, yes, yes to all of that. And then it, I like, get asked that question a lot. Like, why do you write dark stuff? Are you, yeah. you know, are you a twisted, demented person trying to torment us? And I'm, and I, and I was thinking like, no, I just, I, I, when I watch something that just, oh, it's just like, oh my gosh. So it's not my story. I don't have to stay there with those characters and feel it forever, but it just allows me to, you know, touch, to go back to those boxes, take a little peek and say, yep, I know, I know that's all there. I felt it. Now I get to move on and, and just go, get, you know, have some Cosmos with my friends at the bar, you know, and not worry about things. Yeah, 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 100%. And, and it doesn't have to like overtake you. Or I mean, if, yeah. if it would, we would probably go crazy. But I right. think, you know, everyone has that. It, we, we've all have these experiences and everyone has that part to them. That's why we love reading them so much, right? Like it's, um, it's uh, the amount of uplifting people I interview who write quite dark stories is actually beautiful because it's like you know it shows the whole okay that's exactly what a character is the whole complex of exactly what we are and like I absolutely love that so much so true <laughs> yeah it's I think it's um for me like I when I um you know moved in that way and and go to like a darker place or a sadder place I it then makes everything else much brighter and happier when it's when you say okay but here's the other stuff and it's just I don't know otherwise we're all just I guess living in sort of this like middle ground of you know dullness that's not yeah. bad and not good I, and I, I think you you know you can't have can't have the bright light without a little bit of the dark um so yeah 100% 100% I absolutely love that now, please tell me how, what was the idea for, how the idea came to you? I don't know if it was like on a dance yeah. floor again, but <laughs> for, yeah. for no. what remains, where, what was the, um, yeah, what was the moment when it was like, oh, okay, this is my next story. And if you can give listeners a little bit of a, a synopsis yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, I was actually listening to uh, the news, just driving around and there was a, a shooting in Colorado years, a few years ago. And it had just happened and they were interviewing witnesses or bystanders who were coming out of the store, actually, because the first responders hadn't gotten there or they, it was just a, this time period where people were funneling out of the store and not being sort of corralled and, you know, questioned and everything. So the, the media got their hands on them and the trauma in their voices was so poignant, so deeply moving. And um, it just, I, and I, I wondered you know, when they faded from the story and from the news, what happened to them? Because they weren't physically injured. They didn't lose anyone inside, but that was still a trauma. And I, and I thought, what, do, what, what does an event like that? It doesn't have to be a shooting. I ended up writing about that because it just fit naturally with the plot. I ended up constructing around this, but what happens to people who uh, experience that kind of a violent crime that causes a sudden trauma? So a lot of my books deal with people who have had childhood trauma, mm -hmm. uh, either one big moment or, uh, you know, uh, from caregivers or experiences, um, you know, that are sort of chronic in their childhood and what who they are now and how it impacts them now. But this is sort of an exploration of what happens to, a, you know, people who are just sort of going about their lives and, you know, and then hit with this horrible event 
that causes this emotional trauma and what's the process of healing and what can get in the way of that healing. And then of course, once I have, once I have like that concept, I then have to build a plot around it. So I thought, well, okay, who's in the store? Who is this happening to? And then I, I decided to compound the trauma by, by making it a police officer who takes a life and then has to also deal with that trauma and that um, the guilt and the, you know, um, the self-doubt that follows. So that was the start of the book. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that so much because I also love the way that you explained that of, do you always, I mean, every, I know every book's different, but do you always start with a concept rather than like, it's not character or plot or this and that. It's like, Hey, what if, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, American girl started with that character but um, every other book has started with uh, either a situation that people are put in and what does it do to them? Or uh, sometimes it's a plot twist. And, you know, with All Is Not Forgotten, it was just this concept of, uh, of uh, memory reconfiguration and re- uh, reconsolidation and, uh, and interrupting that process to alter memory. And then I constructed the characters and the plot around that. So yeah, it's usually a concept or an event with a question mark after, like what happens to that people if you know if this ha- if if they survived something like this. Yeah, and when that hits you, because you're the queen of suspense as well. So when that hits you, do you always know the ending, or are you kind of like going along the journey with? with it essentially and being like okay this is where it needs to go or you you do a lot of plot outlining beforehand yeah so I always I outline everything and sometimes sometimes I don't like Emma in the night I knew I wanted to write about uh just people who are you know sort of disappear and then come back if that was just the basic thought and then I thought okay what and then then I came up with the sisters and then I thought where have they been? And then I thought, where's my twist? I need my twist. I need my twist. I need a big twist. And, um, and then I was just driving around. It's always when you let go of the, of the thought and you do other things and it's like, then your brain, it it reshuffles and resets because you're not holding on so tightly and, and forcing those, those neurons to, to connect. Um, and when you let them go and they disconnect, and they float around other places in your brain and then they they find their way back to each other in some new way and so that twist just hit me like a ton of bricks and i i and i was like yes that's it so sometimes that happens sometimes i um you know it's a slower process of how does it end all is not forgotten i had three different endings the different ways it could end it, that book really wasn't about the ending it really was about the journey to get to the end so really depends on the book with this book I had this whole concept of a twist that I wanted to combine with the plot and I I won't spoil it but um it has to do with the second narration there's a a second minor narration in in what remains uh that's like every few chapters and they're really short and you don't know who's telling them and you don't know the time frame but you start to see them connect to the main story uh and so it becomes a little bit of a puzzle and um and the first time I wrote it it took a few tries to get it to land uh and uh but it was very satisfying what it did so i was able to combine this like idea of you know two different murder invest or you know sort of crime investigations side by side and how do they connect um so yeah it just it always it's each book is different but i plot 
I have to come up with it and then I have to plot it out because I need to know, I, it's all about the, the, you know, disclosing information to the mm. reader. right? Mm. So, and then also the characters need to learn information along the way. Um, and that impacts them as they discover things. So all of that has to be mapped out for me to put it in the right order. Yeah. Um, and then I, then I'll, then I'll just, sometimes I'll just have, you know, chapter 14, the red jacket, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is a chapter. Somehow they need to know about this jacket. And then I'll think, where are they when they find out who's telling them? And then it, then that, you know, that's not plotted out, but, but the red jacket has to be in chapter 14. And that's, so that's the amount of plotting I do. Yeah, I absolutely love how you explained that. Firstly, I love how you explain the brain. And when it's like you usually when you're like trying to force this great thing out of you, when it'll happen when you're doing something so monotonous of like, oh, yes. finally, like, oh, right. me. It's so, awful. it's so awful. It's the worst part about yeah. writing. Yeah. You can't control that, those moments. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I have I have two questions here for you because this is the Writer's Advice podcast. So a lot of people who are obviously most people are readers here, but they're also writers as well. So how you explained um, like writing a plot and say, okay, yep, chapter 14, red jacket. I'm sure now when you're writing books, you can kind of see the exact information of what of what you need to give away when. But if you were to give some suspense advice away to someone who's writing something like that now, what would what how would you kind of um, help someone with a plot line like that? Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different process, and a lot I know a lot of writers who you know just dive in and they start writing, and then they'll then they'll be like, oh my gosh, I forgot the red jacket, and then they'll go back and. And, and that's, a you know, a, a lot of people just can't, they, they can't follow a plot. It's not their natural process. But so I think you need to figure out what your process is. For me, I cannot, I cannot start writing until I know what has to be in that chapter because mm. I need something to ground it. And, um, uh, and so, and sometimes I will have scenes and I, I, what I do is I make a list I, I let the plot sit for a while. I, I draw, I actually draw it out on paper with boxes and arrows. Then I start typing up a list of all the things, this different scenes that could be fun or, or um, pieces of dialogue even that people could say to each other, um, dynamics between relationships. Uh, and and then, the, then I have a separate sheet, which are just the factual disclosures. And those, to me, I, that's my scaffolding. That is that that's going to be the, you know, the bones of the book and everything is going to be hanging on that. And so I, I need it to be in a certain order. So I just make a list of, I, I make a list and I keep adding to it as I think about more plot twists. And then I print it out, I put it next to me and I, then I start putting each one into a chapter or more than one into a chapter. But I think, I actually think being organized um, when you're writing a thriller is really important uh, to building a plot twist because sometimes you, uh, you know, you get to the end of a of a thriller and you're thrown a curveball and you can't trace the breadcrumbs back and and it feels like it's coming out of left field a little bit and it, it's to me that that uh, takes away from the experience. So um, I think it's really fun when you can have a really cool reveal or plot twist and then say oh that's why that's why this that's why that and that satisfaction it just adds another layer of satisfaction to to reading 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I you always have to do like I guess you have to work backwards with that as well. I yeah, I've I've never wrote a thriller. It's not it's not in my pipeline, but I really <laughs> love reading them. So I'm like I love even like reading them with a writer's eye, being like, okay, what have they planted? <laughs> you know, like I, I I love the whole the whole storyline of them. So that's amazing. Yeah. And what would be some general um, advice for anyone on a manuscript right now or they're they're a writer what would be would be your um just general advice general writer yeah, so I mean I actually um uh a, a few times taught a class on you know basically the toolbox so I think of it as a as a toolbox yeah I did not have a toolbox when I sat down to write a novel and and I just would I, I guess I would I would encourage anyone who's sitting down to write a novel um, or has a manuscript and doesn't know what's wrong with it, but knows something's wrong with it or it's not selling and they don't know why to really um, just, there's so many resources now, um, you know, just a basic class on, uh, on the tools of writing and, and with, by tools, I mean, things like, you know, understand the difference uh, between, you know, writing in first person and third person not just what it is, but what it, what it, what the result is. Like, is this a tool, you know, which tools should you use for this book? Choosing which narrative, who's going to tell your story? Um, are you going to have one narrator throughout? Is it an omniscient narrator? Is it one of the characters? Uh, or are you going to break it up into, you know, different points of view and you'll have like a, so you've got a couple of different characters telling the story. Think about the most effective way to tell your story and then, you know, how you deal with, with backstory and flashbacks. Is it flashbacks? Mm -hmm. Are you, are you diving into backstory as a separate narration? Be very considerate with all of these things because, you know, you have to look at everything from the, from the perspective of the reader. Am I, have, have I bored this reader on this page? Could I cut out, could I jump to the middle of the scene? Could I cut the scene a little bit shorter? Did I give them a good cliffhanger to turn that page? Um, am I making them, you know, go on this fast-paced action sequence, but then making them stop to hear a story from the character's childhood? And is that fair? Do I need to put that story there? Everything should be thought out, every piece of the story. And it's not just about the characters being good or the plot being good or the um, you know, even the writing being good. If you haven't really thought about all of the structure of your book and how to tell that story in a way that will, you know, it's then, then, then that could be, that to me should be the first thing that you learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for me, when I'm reading, I read a lot of books to blurb them. And I, when I start skimming, when I start like flipping the Kindle pages, just to find the plot twist, then in my mind, like that could have been structured better because they've lost me now. I'm like, oh my God, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, and, and or this dialogue, too much dialogue sometimes. I don't need, you know, I don't need to hear, uh, you know, if somebody's walking into a house and greeting, you know, someone else. I don't need to hear, hi, how was your day? I can, I can infer that that has taken place. Just jump to the stuff that's really going to keep it moving. If you're writing a thriller, I mean, yeah. this thing is the toolbox is for thriller writers. So whatever genre you're writing in, re when you read in that genre, try to identify the tools the writer has used. If there's something really good, say, why is that? Ask yourself, why is that so good? What was so good about that? Mm -hmm. Or if it's slow, why did it slow down? read with that critical eye, take online classes, 
you know, read, read uh, articles, anything written about, you know, these about tools that you can use. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, Wendy, you have given us so much goodness and so much incredible advice today. I can't thank you enough for coming on, but please shout out where everyone can find you, connect with you, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm at wendywalkerbooks.com. That's my website. And that has everything on it, buy links, information on all my books and my social media sites. And I'm also on, I guess, pretty much everything now. Threads, <laughs> Z, what's it called? X, Z, Z, X, whatever Twitter used to be, uh, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok. I'm still navigating that whole situation. Um, but um, yeah, I'm on all the platforms. Um, uh, I think most of them are Wendy Walker author, just to confuse everyone. So Wendy Walker books or Wendy Walker author, you can find me pretty much everywhere. Perfect. Excellent. I'll put that all in the show notes so everyone can connect. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, Wendy. <laughs> Thanks for having me.